podcasting from inside of a marketing agency, this is the Marketing Department Podcast, where we have candid ideas and curated content for the everyday marketer. Hey, welcome back to the Marketing Department Podcast. We've had an incredible month talking about one of my favorite things, and that's branding. We've been doing it for the last few weeks. We've actually gotten five episodes talking about branding because we had a long month, which is cool. Last week, you were introduced to our brand giveaway winner. That was Micah Smith with Valor Game Calls. Woo! Love Micah. Woo! (laughs) Woo! (laughs) I like that. (laughs) Hey, Eric, give us a two-minute rundown of Micah's business and kind of what y'all talked about last week. Yes, if you haven't heard last week's podcast, definitely encourage you to go back and listen to that. Micah has a business called Valor Game Calls, and it's basically a duck call business. They make a couple of things, goose calls and varmint calls. So it was really cool interviewing him and hearing his story, and being a part of his rebrand is going to be really cool because he already has a pretty cool brand going on, but he really needs to bring cohesiveness to his brand, and that's what we're going to be doing. So we're pretty excited about it. About doing that. It's cool watching because he is a friend of ours. It's been cool to see where it started and just the process. And now we get to kind of step in and get to be a part of it. And we've been involved here and there helping with a few things. But what I love about it is we get to step in right now and really get to see the behind the scenes look. And so over the next little while on our social media, through blog posts, you're going to be able to watch this process. And that's what I'm most excited about. People love behind the scenes. I talk about that all the time. And so we're actually going to give you an inside look about what it's going to look like rebranding Valor Game Calls. And who knows, Micah already has a pretty good brand. You know, he certainly does need that cohesiveness. We're going to let him do with it what he wants, but we're at least going to go through the process and let him take a look at everything and really get our team on it, get some eyes on it, and get creative. So I'm excited about that. So be watching all of our social media accounts and then also our blog as well. Social media accounts? Social media accounts. Okay. I feel so old every time we start talking about stuff. Anything technical, social media wise, mm-hmm. makes me feel like I don't know what I'm saying for but some reason. You got this podcast room set up. I think I think you still got it. Okay, good deal, good deal. Hey, this week we're talking about hey, you've got a brand now. What? So we're going to turn it into a campaign and kind of get it practical a little bit. How do you get your brand out to the world with this brand campaign? And this is really Eric's sweet spot. Eric's got a lot of sweet spots. I say that a lot. I realize that. Thanks, bud. So let's talk about turning your brand into a campaign. Right off the bat, we talk about identify the goal of your campaign. Yeah. So when you identify the goal of your campaign, there's going to be several several steps here. And so one of the ways to do that is just look at a list. We've got a list of several things that we want you to take a look at and say, okay, what is the goal of my campaign? What am I trying to do with this campaign? And we're going to be talking about several things coming up in the next few months. We're going to be talking about websites next month, which is going to be really exciting. And then the next month after that, we'll be talking about digital marketing. And so all of that kind of plays into this campaign idea. But to get the get the ball rolling, we're going to talk through a few of those. So The first one's going to be this is maybe the goal of your campaign is awareness. So to attract new customers. So this may be commonly looked at as things like a commercial. You see a commercial on TV or on an ad on YouTube or Netflix or whatever. Netflix ad? Maybe maybe I made that up. Maybe that should be a thing they should start. You should pay for a subscription. No, if I start watching ads on Netflix, I ain't paying for that subscription no more. Right, but then they could charge you more to not have ads. Like YouTube. Don't give them any Okay, sorry. You know they're listening to this podcast. (laughs) (laughs) 
True. We're yep. so cool. Yeah, I know they're listening. All right. Well, if y'all are listening, uh, send us an email. So anyway, so your awareness would be things like that. Things like commercials. Campaigns really in this stage attract users and introduce our brand to a new audience. So this is where like you may see these on Facebook all the time. You're scrolling through and you see an ad for something and you're like, well, I've never heard of this company. That's kind of the goal of the awareness side is just letting people know you exist. Yeah, that's really good. I think sometimes... If you think about things like car commercials, you may not be in the market for a new car, but you're aware of this car and say, oh no, I got hail damage so bad that I'm going to need this new truck. Well, I've been seeing this commercial. I thought that truck was cool. I didn't need one, but now it's going to make me go check it out because I've seen that commercial. And so I think that's a lot of times how awareness works as well. And so, and and we're going to talk a little bit more about that here in the next little bit, but Talk about consideration as well and engaging your audience. Yeah, so the second type would be consideration. And this is really for people who are, they're looking, they maybe they've heard of your product or at least products like yours, and they're in the research phase. So they're they're kind of, they're researching, they're asking for recommendations, they may be watching product videos or trying to find cost-effective solutions, things like that. But at the end of the day, what they're trying to do is they're trying to solve a problem. And so in the consideration phase, this is where you have to stand out amongst your competition to be considered for them to choose you. So at at the end of the day, everyone's making choices all day long. And that's what marketing comes down to is like, is how you position yourself going to allow someone to choose you as a decision or not? And so with that, this is where practically you would have things. This is, you need to be really content heavy in this area. So take a business that sells sells something online. They sell, give me something ready to go. I'm drawing a blank. Flashlights. Flashlights. They draw flashlights on, not that you've ever been suckered into a flashlight ad on Facebook. I was going to tell that story later. So I thought that may be a good, (laughs) I thought that may be a good intro. Okay, perfect. We'll save it. We'll save it for you. But this is where, you know, if you're researching flashlights, let's say you're going on a big camping trip and you need like a killer you're going to go bear hunting. So let's just talk about bear hunting. And you got this flashlight, like you obviously want a good flashlight if you're in the dark around bears. And so you're researching, you're like, what kind of flashlight do I need? Well, if you find, I know me, if I find like what I think is the best and then in Google, here's what I do just as a user, this is not even marketing. This is just me as a human. I'll go to Google and I'll type in that flashlight that I know is the best. I love me as a human. Me as a human, as opposed to a marketer. Yeah. I would type in, in Google, the best flashlight. Let's just say it's called bestflashlight.com. I'll type in bestflashlight.com versus literally just write VS period. And whatever pops up first, that's probably the second guy that I don't know about that I need to go research. So what typically happens is someone has written a blog based on that one versus this other one. And it's typically the person who is fighting for consideration saying, pick me. And here's why you need to pick me because my product's better than this other guy. And let me show you in this comparison game. So that is where they wrote a blog. They made a video on the product, whatever it may be, but they're doing that on purpose because they're trying to get you to choose them. So that's where this whole section is about helping people solve a problem and answer the question of researching and and like things like that through blogs, product specific videos and such. Yeah, I love thinking about how people actually get the process going. And typically it does start with, I've got an issue. Who can resolve it the best way? Sometimes the most cost efficient way. Maybe you have a history of poor quality with a certain product. So this time you're searching for something of higher quality and that's going to matter. And typically it starts with, I've got a problem. Who can fix it and who will do the best job? Talk about what happens next, which is actually making the decision. Decision time. 
Yeah, so this is the part where I would say often people get lost if you don't have a good game plan with your campaign. People just get lost, and the reason is the solution's almost been found. You know, they've narrowed it down to one or two people or products or services that they're looking for. And then they find one, or they maybe subscribe, like get 10% off here, send us an email, whatever. They, they do something to make an interaction with both companies, possibly, depending on the, the level of service that they're looking for. And so at the end of the day, the one who's probably going to win out is the one who keeps these people top of mind. Like the business is top of mind at all times. So, and that's where we, I think mentioned it a, a few weeks ago, talked about quantity over quality. And so how often are you seeing something? The more often you see it, typically the more trustworthy you feel that that product or service is. And so because it's top of mind, you see it regularly, you feel more comfortable with it, and you're more likely to engage. Right. So the goal here in the decision-making process would be proof, to be able to show proof of why they should choose you. And that's the part that we often forget. Sometimes businesses will think, like, if I'm showing proof, then I'm bragging. And people don't want to be braggy. Most small businesses don't want to, like, brag about themselves. And that's good. So what you want to do is you want to let other people brag about you. Can I insert my flashlight story here? Here it is. I'm ready. I can't can't wait. Yeah, so I am looking for flashlights. And all of a sudden, I get targeted, of course, just like any good flashlight looker. Flashlight looker would be targeted. (laughs) Flashlight I don't know. Anyhow, so I see this ad and I'm like, oh, these guys mean business. And so I click on the ad. I'm like, okay, surely. I mean, these are two flashlights or one. <laughs> I ended up buying two. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anyhow, spoiler alert. But mm-hmm. I'm researching and I'm like, okay, are they as good as everybody says they are? And then they needed to prove themselves to me. Like I'd been looking and I was looking at cheap flashlights that were really good. I was looking at expensive flashlights that were really good. But ultimately, I wanted proof that I was making the right decision. So I went to their reviews. I let somebody else prove it. And sure enough, not one flashlight, but two flashlights later... I got those suckers in the mail six or eight weeks later. Yes, you did. They came all the way from China. Uh huh. But ultimately, they are unbelievably bright, and they stay charged for about 14 seconds. Yep. So <laughs> it worked, though. I mean, seriously, the, yep. everything that we're talking about, I didn't have the best experience with keeping those babies charged for long or keeping them bright for long. But I went through that process of what we're talking about here. I literally can think about when I was going through all of these things. And then when the proof came, I was like, Mm, let me get a couple of those. Yep. <laughs> so you nailed it. And that's exactly what we're talking about. So the ways that can happen is exactly what you said. One of the, one of the points here is retargeting. That's something that I would say what we see here at our agency. Again, if you're new to the podcast, we are a marketing agency here. And then we have a podcast within that. But at our marketing agency, one of the things we see the least of when a new business comes to us for any kind of work, whatever that may be, retargeting is always the last thing that they do with with their business. And it's kind of one of those like, oh, that's the extra thing that I'm not sure that I want to pay for or haven't wanted to pay for in the past. And really, that is like, you're right there. Like you got them, you got your content, you got everything. And then it's like, whoever's going to be there in front of them the most at the end that's who's going to win out. And if, you, if you're just like, ah, eh, I don't want to do the retargeting thing because it's too difficult or I don't understand it or whatever, you have to learn it in 2020. You got to do it. You can't just keep going without it. Other ways would be direct emails, again, based on retargeting and also being personal driven. Like the further along you get to this 
part, you have to be more personal with people. And so sending those individual emails to people versus just random ads that you may see is really important. Yep. That's really good. That's really good. So after it's all said and done, like you got them, they purchased the product, they provided, you provided the service. What is it going to take to keep them coming back? Yeah. So what we have, you know, we talked about awareness, consideration, decision, and then this one, we like to say delight. So this is where this it's customer success and retention. And so retention is so important these days. I actually love learning from companies that do this right. This sometimes falls in a digital marketing company's world, but oftentimes this is kind of after we check out sometimes when it comes to this side of things, the customer success and retention, and kind of goes into the business and the business model of businesses that we work with and what they provide. And so one that I love, you know, there's a company that we work with on this box that we had to help help them put together. And in this box is something that they sent to, or they're sending to all of their top clients within their business. And it's just got a lot of freebies, but the freebies are incredible. I mean, it's like cool designed Yeti mugs. It's, I mean, I can't remember all the things. There's so many, the video postcard when you open it up and there's a video playing. I mean, there's things that are just so cool that when you see it, you're just like, I have to show my friends this, you know? Yeah. It's worth talking about. Yeah. Like that's one of the ways that they do a good job at keeping their customers and clients, they always do stuff worth talking about. And I think that's so important. I mean, I don't even, I don't even want to get started on how many Yeti products I have. Like I've spent so much money on so many Yeti coolers. They're so expensive, but they're so cool. I've witnessed it. And I just, I want to be a part of them. Mm -hmm. And then one time they suckered me in the store and I was like, a custom Yeti. I believe I will. But I want another one. I mean, it, it doesn't stop. Tacovas boots. I mean, I was like, oh, the boots aren't enough. I am going to get myself a briefcase or two or a duffel bag or something mm-hmm. like that. So, And I'm wearing a Tacovas belt right now. Yes, you are. They've done a really good job. Those companies do a really good job at keeping me coming back. And they know how to, they know how to go after their consumer and keep their consumer as well. You know what's great about that example is they did such a good job that you and I have both talked about it in the last two business days that we've been around. So you just talked about it now, Micah on the podcast that I was talking with the other day, before the podcast started, we were talking about, he was like, I didn't even know there was a Yeti store. And I was like, Oh dude, you got to go. Let me tell you what happened. And I talked about you getting the custom Yeti cooler. No kidding. Did you talk about it on the podcast? No, I talked about it before, before we started, but then afterwards they also are like, Oh, Hey, would you guys like a drink while you're just hanging out? They just don't let it, end with you walked in our store and you bought a product and you left like it's it's a whole experience that you want to talk about and so that whole customer success and retention thing is really really important and another thing that that may look like you know you you often get coupons for thanks for buying this here's 20 percent off your next purchase that is a form of customer success and retention so just being able to think through those things not just at the moment oftentimes what we do is at the moment someone purchases something we say good we sold it We, we sold the thing and we're good we can live another month, you know, whatever it may be. Yeah. But really, that is an opportunity for you to sell the next thing. And that's what you got to remember. And you said having a business worth talking about or a product worth talking about or whatever it may be. And I love that, that worth talking about phrase. I think, yeah, I think it's crazy because we can sometimes get so lost in just getting the deal done, whatever it is, whether we're trying to sell a flashlight or trying to sell a service or whatever. We can get so wrapped up in trying to get the deal done 
that we forget about the value in the customer experience while the deal's getting done. And the value in that is what is the game changer and what will keep them coming back every time. That's why quality is important. That's why every time the phone rings, who they're talking to on the phone matters and how they're talked to on the phone. Right. How did they feel during that process? What was it like when their website was being built? Was it something that, yes, it's hard. That's a natural, hard thing to go through is building a website from scratch. But at the end of the day, was it an experience worth talking about that they're going to want to tell everyone else about? And are they going to come back next time for their new website or for whatever service that they need? And so don't forget the value of the customer experience while you're in the process of going to get them. Yeah. And we're not just saying this as, hey, you guys should do this and you know, whatever. Like we're speaking from what we are going through as, a, as an organization as well. And, you know, one of our core values here talks about being candid in speaking. And so something I'll be candid on right now is we were having a, a conversation earlier today. We are not happy with our phone system and the way the experience people often can get if they call here. Phones having problems dropping out. We're just having some issues. And we literally talk through like, I mean, one of the things, it's just a phone system. It's like, answer the phone. Hey, how can we help you? You know, but we are taking it to the next level and saying like, no, we want the first impression to be a great impression. So when the new phone system answers and someone answers the phone, well, it'll be a pre-recorded thing, but it'll be like professionally done, well done, and it'll also give you an opportunity to speak to a person. And so like just thinking through that process has everything to do with marketing, whether you think it or not. And, and it really does. So yeah, it's all about the experience. I mean, that's literally what keeps people coming back. There's a reason that I go into one grocery store and you go into a different grocery store. Yeah. You've had some kind of experience in there and grocery stores, companies like that. Think about things like the colors on the wall yep. and what gets, what makes people comfortable or what puts them in the mood to shop where they feel comfortable walking in that grocery store. It's all about the experience. And there's a reason that I go back to one grocery store every time. And a reason you go back to the other every time some kind of connection was made an experience that you had that kept you coming back. I bought a shirt that I liked and they always have clothes. You have shirts at your grocery store. <laughs> yes, I do. They might have shirts at my grocery they store. They do actually. I saw some fishing shirts the other day. I had to go over there to get okay. to get some steaks. Okay, I'll be right back. Okay. Be right back. <laughs> yeah, that's a great point though, man. That's a great point. So next, you know, with all of that in mind, we really want to think about calls to actions. Now, calls to actions are often just words that people say, especially in our world. Oh, what's CTA this, CTA that. So call to action is a direct ask of your audience. So you're asking your audience to do something with every piece of marketing that's out there. So really, you want to consider how your audience would benefit from completing the action goal and include that in your CTA. So this must be clear. This is often where people get confused. And I've said this before, and we've we've borrowed this from our, our good friends over at what's that podcast? Story brand we've talked about yes. several times. Yes. Our good friends, like we're friends. We're not I don't I don't know Donald Miller. I want to be your friend. Donald Miller, if you're listening with Netflix right now, if you could uh, <laughs> give me send me an email. <laughs> That'd be great. So anyway, but if you confuse, you lose. They say that all the time. And I love that. And so if you're putting a bunch of marketing things out there and your audience doesn't know what you're asking them to do, then they're going to be confused and you're probably going to lose them. So, And I was in a meeting earlier this morning at our church. Honestly, we're inviting, we have this huge event coming up and it's on July 5th. Okay. It's on July 5th, but it's on the weekend of July 4th. And so they're talking about, do we promoted as, Hey, we've got this coming up on July 4th weekend. 
Well, do we have anything happening on July 4th? No, we actually don't. The event's on the 5th. So mm-hmm. if we say July 4th, are we going to confuse the masses? And people are going to be asking, what in the world? When is it? When are we supposed to go? Is it Saturday or is it Sunday? So we've decided we're going to simplify. We're going to talk about the 5th just to avoid confusion. So that sounds really silly, but think about that because you don't want to, life is already, you're bombarded with a mess of information already. Simplify and you'll succeed. Absolutely. Absolutely. I love that. And so ways to do that, you know, and this kind of leads into our next month's topics a little bit, but really having a clear place for people to go to find out what you're asking them to do is websites. And so you may have a website. Here's what we see a lot. Almost every company has a website. There's very few that don't. And if they don't, they have a Facebook page or something. But the ones that have websites, most of the time don't have landing pages specific to a campaign that they're asking people to do something. Okay. So for instance, you'll hear Zeke here in just a few minutes say something about, hey, if you want a brand assessment, go check out our our landing page at greenfox.io brand-assessment. That's a landing page based on a specific campaign that we're doing that we would like for people to go to. It has all the information that you need about that specific campaign. We don't want to bombard people with all things. Let's just, I'm going to dive into this one a little bit. Let's just take that brand assessment that we're talking about. Traditionally, we would say, go to our website and search for stuff, like just go look and see what we do, I guess, you know, that's like a typical business model is, oh, just go check out our website. And then we're just hoping that they click on the form at the bottom that says contact us and they put in their name, their email and their comments. That's a traditional way to ask for information and it's not very cohesive and it also doesn't give you a very good shot of people actually contacting you. So the landing page that is specific to the campaign that you're running for us, this brand assessment, it has, again, what is a brand assessment? Why do you need a brand assessment? Here's a specific questionnaire for the brand assessment. And then you hit submit and then it goes to us. And then we understand what you're asking for. You understand what we're asking for so that we can help you in the way that we're, we're trying to talk about here. So that's what we're talking about when it comes to calls to action is like, don't just say, go check out my website, say, Hey, go check out this specific page. And then on that specific page, it'll ask you things specifically for what we're asking you to do. Yeah, I love that. Getting super intentional about where you're telling people where to head always helps. I mean, if you throw something generic out there, you don't know where it's going to land. But if you tell people what their next step is, I always think about a pathway like out in the garden or something like that. You've got these rock pavers of where you're supposed to step next. And you use that as your guide of where you're going. And this is a way that you can let people know this is where you step next. This is where you step next. And when you can think intentionally about your calls to action, then you're more likely to get better engagement. So, and I like how you brought up websites. This was our last week talking about branding and next month we're going to dive into websites. I mean, right off the bat, we're going to talk about whether or not you actually need a website. You know, some people just use social media, but our website's important and some of them are expensive. Some of them aren't. We're going to just really get practical. Again, I think uh, people are loving the practicality and talking through what works and what doesn't. So we're going to answer some questions for you. And Eric said that I was going to bring up the brand assessment. If you want to find out where you stand online against your competitors or anyone that you're trying to reach, you just want to know where you stand, go to our website at Fox io forward slash brand dash assessment you can fill out that brand assessment and we'll get back to you and let you know where you stand 
against your competitors online. Also, check out our blog at our website at greenfox.io forward slash our dash blog. And you can see behind the scenes of what we're doing here. And then also our website at greenfox.io. We want to hear more topics from you guys. So email us at info at greenfox.io. I almost didn't get it out. Almost. You, you, you were right there. Almost. Hey, thank you guys for listening. And we'll talk to you next time.